Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I have some amazing guests like I always do, but these guys are fun and I love their podcast, Hillbilly Horror Stories. Welcome Jerry and Tracy Pulley to the Twilight Tonic. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thanks for having us. Oh my gosh. You guys, it's such a pleasure. I love to listen to you at night as I fall asleep. I know that's crazy, but you know, that's just how I am. (laughs) We've been putting people to sleep for years. Oh, <laughs> asleep in a giggle. <laughs> you know how some people, you know, there, there's like a lot of sides to the paranormal. But sometimes you just got to giggle at it. You have to. it. It's so serious all the time. But when I listen to you guys, it's like, ah, <sighs> you're a breath of fresh air. Thank you. So, yes, we appreciate that. Yeah. And you guys tell me, how in the world did each of you get interested and started in the paranormal? Was it an experience or just a fascination? How about you, Tracy? How did you get started in all this? Well, actually, I got started on accident because uh, when the first uh, show first started out, uh, it was Jerry and a friend of his, Ricky, and my friend as well. They were doing it first, and I kind of wanted to be on the show, but I really, you know, it was sort of like a guy thing, and they were, when it first started out, it was just a little bit of crude humor and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then uh, one day, Ricky uh, was sick, and he couldn't come to do the show, so I had to step in and do it, but I told Jerry, I'm like, I mean, I have no clue what these stories are about. And he's like, well, it's okay. He said, you know, we'll just tell the story. And then you just, you know, if you have questions, you know, just ask questions along the way. And that's pretty much how I ended up doing it. Um, You know, Ricky came on for a couple more shows. And then he was like, you know what? He said, I've got like a bunch of kids and sports and everything. And he said, maybe you should just go on and let, you know, me do it and Mm -hmm. let Tracy do it. She seems like, you know, she's a good fit. And stuff like that. And basically that's how I ended up being on the show. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Tra- and the reason, the reason that Tracy wasn't originally on the show is because she didn't have that fascination with the paranormal. Right. I did. And Ricky did. And we used to talk about it all the time, but Tracy didn't even like horror movies. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I have to drag her to the, and still have to drag her to see a horror movie at the theaters because that's not <laughs> her cup of tea. Right. And, you know, so that and and that so it wasn't something you know that she would watch all the ghost shows and stuff like I did. It was just like we have two total different tastes when it comes to uh, what to watch on television. She likes a lot a lot more reality stuff that's that's uh, you know more like the Kardashians and stuff. Where my reality <laughs> stuff is, is is you know ghost hunters and stuff. Right. <laughs> but I have be- I have learned to love it. I do like it now. I watch it a lot more so. That, yeah, that she does. 
That's really interesting. Now, Tracy, have you ever had an experience? Well, I didn't really think that I had. um, But after I kind of got into this, I started thinking back to like many years ago that these weird things did happen. And now I'm like, wait a minute, maybe that was something. Um, But we have gone to some locations, haunted locations. Uh, I've seen some things and had things happen to me, which so now I'm like a total believer. Um, You know, never that I didn't. It wasn't that I didn't believe. You know, it's just one of those things I really just didn't think that much about, I guess. Right. Um, But since we've been doing these, uh, we've been doing the live shows and going to all these uh, haunted locations and things like that. I am a true believer for sure now. Interesting. Now, Jerry, like she's a true believer now, but what got you fascinated in the paranormal? I lived in a haunted house from, you know, the age that I was first turned 13. We moved into a house that about a year later started having all kinds of stuff happening. And that lasted literally about five years. My dad still lives in the house. So it's been, you know, near 40 years now, right at 40 years, to be uh-huh. honest with you. And, uh, you know, so he still lives there. But we had about a five-year stretch where there was a lot of activity. And then it's kind of toned down, I guess, over the years. But uh, that's what, what brought on my fascination. I mean, heck, my, my senior year of high school, uh, we had to do a, uh, a class project for English to, to kind of for like our final grade. And I did it on uh, demonology and Satan worshiping. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, it just it shows how far back uh, my fascination with the with the paranormal and the occult went back to. Mm-hmm. And no, I wasn't into devil worshiping or interested. In, we just did it because it was a cool subject, right? Well, and I think people that are usually interested in the paranormal when they're really young are fascinated by all of the unusual religions and belief systems for some reason. Very true. Very true. Yeah, because everyone I've talked to, they've all read or believe in something different, whether it's it's paganism, spiritual Christianity, they're all into it. So it's really, I find really fascinating. So guys, out of all the places you've traveled and been to, what is your favorite? Oh, that's a good question. Because favorite can can vary. Uh, I would say, for me, my favorite is probably going to be Whispers Estates up in mm-hmm. Indiana, mm-hmm. only because, only because that's where I've had the most paranormal activity happen to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been to Waverly a whole bunch. I've spent the night at Waverly Hills, uh, and and had a bunch of stuff happen there, but not as much happen at one time. As like whispers, we got to spend the night at the Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. But mm-hmm. I had very, very little actually happen there. Tracy actually had more experiences there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why that's that's why I would put whispers at number one for me because for for myself, that's where I experienced the most actual paranormal activity. Wow. So, did they communicate, talk, how touch, or how would what happened? Well, for for. Most of the time, it was stuff that was showing up on video because they used like the uh, what's it, the XLR camera that's like you know like the uh, Xbox yeah. um, gaming system set up. We actually saw stuff on there, and some people don't really believe in that. But they're they're in in this house. They have a poster bed that's got you know the posters are flat on top, mm-hmm. and they had some balls like uh, beach balls that were blown up, but they were only partially blown up, so they would sit really flat on there but you those things would get pushed off with nobody around and when you were watching on that video you could literally see something walk towards that mm-hmm. and then push it off so mm-hmm. i'm like how do you not believe in that when you can see it but we we had that happen we had several flashlights set up and and uh, they would actually communicate through the flashlights yes and no uh, we got a lot of that on video mm-hmm. and then there was actually uh, a door that opened that if you went over to this door, it's a big, heavy wooden door that, you know, you can jiggle it and shake it. And it it was not going to open by itself. But that door completely opened up in front of like six or seven witnesses. Wow. Um, so, I mean, and all that happened in about a two hour period. And it happened 
you know, in the in the, a basement area. It happened uh, in the upstairs area. It happened in three different rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. Wow. How about you, Tracy? Well, I mean, I have to agree with him. That was the most uh, the crazy experiences I've ever had, and. You know, Jerry, he's like, okay, we go to these places. And he's like, yeah, nothing really standing out to me. But that night he was even like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. <laughs> but we did go, we did go to the Sally house and mm-hmm. uh, that was real interesting. We went down in the basement and uh, I guess something down there or one of our friends, uh, you know, made it mad. He said, you need to get out. So he came back upstairs and I'm like, but no, I want to go back downstairs Will you go with me? So he came down with me and we were all just kind of sitting around down there in a circle. And we would ask the the box, you know, how many people are down here? And he would tell us the exact number of people. And we'd ask random questions and stuff. And then Justin's like, well, if you're so smart, what is the color of Tracy's hair? Mm-hmm. And it said pink. And that was the color of my hair. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm out of here. I, I mean, it's all it took. Because, I mean, they were, you know, they so, but, um, you know, so that was kind of fun. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I've, like, so I've seen all kinds of shadow people and stuff at Waverly, which is pretty cool. But, mm-hmm. but I think by far uh, that one house we went to, uh, Whispering Estates, was by far the most craziest experiences we've ever had. Interesting. And Mm -hmm. could you tell my audience about Whispers Estate, guys, what it's about? Well, basically, in a nutshell, and I haven't studied up on this for a while, so I may get some of this wrong. But there's a a young lady. uh, Her name was Rachel. And she was uh, a young lady who was the uh, her father was a town doctor. And this house was where he where they lived, and it was also where he uh, operated uh, and did his his medical work. So there's some of the some of the house was sectioned off for the business part. And the young lady, uh, Rachel, who was seven years old at the time, it was right around Christmas time, and she got uh, they they used to use you know back in the old days they would use actual lit candles on Christmas trees right, instead of yeah. lights. And she got too close and caught her gown on fire, and she actually died. Mm. Um, so uh, they, I think they were able to take her upstairs in her room, uh, and I think she died a few days later. It wasn't an instant thing, but she did end up dying. And uh, her room was the room that's got all these dolls and stuff in it that had the, uh, the beach balls we were telling you about. That's Rachel's room. Mm-hmm. But then there was a, there's another boy that in the 80s he had uh, – I believe it was some type of an autism, uh, but he fell down the steps and died in his teen years, and they believe he haunts the location as well. And his room was where we got a lot of the other activity. That's where the uh, the door opened up, and uh, his name escapes me. But those are the two main uh, things in that particular house. Mm-hmm. It's uh, It's got to do with uh, Rachel and, and the young boy that fell down the steps. Wow. Children, that always gets me mm-hmm. each and every yeah. time. So, guys, what is the most hilarious thing that's ever happened to you in the paranormal field? Hmm. <laughs> well, I can probably answer <laughs> that for both of us. So we there's a place in Bardstown, Kentucky called the Talbot Tavern. Mm-hmm. And it is was built in 1720, I believe. So it's been around a while. It's Abraham Lincoln has stayed there. Uh, General Patton, Andrew Jackson, all those people have stayed there. And it's a really cool place. And we go there every Saturday before Halloween, have for about the last 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a private event that goes on there. and We're always invited. So we go and then we spend the night. Well, in, in one room, I believe it was the general quarters room. And I think they call it that because that's where Andrew Jackson stayed. Jesse James also stayed there, and he was the first person to see a ghost in this hotel. Interesting. Uh, there's a there's a there's a mural uh, that was painted by Louis Philippe, who he when he was exiled from France, he came over here and he spent some time in Bardstown. He loved it, and he painted the mural on the wall, which has since been damaged by fire. So they kind of they've they've kind of got it restored somewhat. But in this mural, Jesse James. Uh, probably drunk one night, says he thought he saw a ghost and he shot a couple of 
times the mural and the bullet holes are still there and they've actually got it marked off where you can see it and all that stuff. But anyway, we're in the general's quarters room. There was creepy dogs in the room <laughs> and there was two antique twin beds. And that's where we were sleeping. So we were both in separate beds. And Tracy, I'll let you take it from there. So I'm sleeping like, you know, Desi and Lucy used to do. And <laughs> that's exactly what it felt like. Well, first of all, when we came into that room, those creepy dolls got turned around really quick because they were really horrifying. I'm, ugh. But, I know, uh, I don't like those so either. <laughs> I, yeah, and these were, these were like, um, I don't know. Yeah, but, antique yeah. porcelain dolls. Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> no. So <laughs> I was in the bed by the bathroom and uh, I was just laying there and I just, I kept feeling like something was behind me or staring at me or something. And I said, I mean, I thought it was Jerry going to the bathroom, honestly, because the bathroom was right there beside it. And I said, Jerry, what are you doing? I said, you go in the bathroom. He's like, no, I'm over here in bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it felt so real to me that I'm like trying to reach behind me because I just knew it was him standing there. Yeah, and it well, but it wasn't. And mm. needless to say, we shared that little twin bed the rest of the night because I'm like, <laughs> I am not sleeping in this daggone bed by myself. There is no way. Yeah, she made me come over and sleep in the twin bed. So we had two of us in yeah. a twin bed <laughs> trying to sleep. Please. Oh yeah, and the, actually, the the before we went to bed, me and Jerry's sister Becky, uh, we had came in and she's like, well, let's turn the light off and take some cameras with our flash to see maybe we could we could see anything and we had taken a couple of pictures and we got to looking at them and down by the, it was like one of those pointy bedposts, mm-hmm. but we, there was a white, it looked just like a white hand that wrapped around the bedpost. So me and her both saw it. And yeah, yeah, I have no clue what that was, but it, it looked yeah. exactly like a hand. So yeah, it was pretty creepy in there for sure. Wow. I, I can't but, imagine sleeping with my husband in a twin bed. <laughs> No, no, it was it was not very comfortable. I can promise you that. And these, these beds had the can they were canopy beds. Yeah. So they were all like super fancy twin beds. <laughs> oh my god! I have a funny know, feeling you're a really tall guy too, Jerry. Aren't you? Oh heck no! No, I'm, no, we're, we're both small. Uh, you know, we're both smaller in stature. She's she's uh, barely five oh. foot, and I'm I'm five seven. So yeah, but it's just but. But we're two people our size is still too wide for right. a twin bed to be comfortable. <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm just picturing yeah. two adults just like tossing and turning, afraid of the dolls on one side. <laughs> we couldn't even toss and turn. We literally, I had literally had to hold on to his arm and and like tuck it under my stomach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So we were like locked in together so nobody was leaving. That's hilarious. (laughs) So what is the most horrifying where you absolutely wanted to turn around and go, "Uh uh-uh, not doing it? I'll go first and give her time to think. Uh, For me, it really, it it was more when I was young and in that haunted house that I grew up in Mm -hmm. than anything that I've encountered it's since then. But there was a time where I, I got up real early. I was a freshman in high school and it was a day of a big rivalry football game. Mm-hmm. And I was excited. So I got up and I'm laying in bed and I used to keep the stereo beside my bed because I used to hear voices uh, coming through the ductwork. So I went out and bought a stereo just to keep beside the bed to drown it out. And I'm laying there this morning. I'm kind of wide awake. It's dark outside still. It's still probably an hour before I need to get up. And uh, as I'm laying in bed, I start hearing something tap on my window. Now, I'm thinking, you know, maybe there's a, you know, like blinds have that little string that hang right, off of them yeah. that sometimes the wind will blow in a tap. And, but I didn't have any blinds on this. This was just a curtain. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm hearing that. But it sounds like something like that tapping, like maybe the wind's doing something. I didn't think anything other than that. And eventually, it started happening more and more frequently. So. I turned the stereo on to drown it out. Well, about that time, and and it's a good thing this is audio, 
because this doesn't work. I told this story in my book, but it doesn't work as well written out. (laughs) But I hear something that I could only describe sounded like a sick cow. Like it was more of a. (laughs) And I'm like, what in the world is that? And then I'm I'm trying to rational it. I'm thinking, you know, we, if, I lived in a suburb of Louisville. Mm-hmm. And so we, we did actually have some people around the corner that, you know, had some farm animals or something. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it was this and maybe it was that. And I start hearing this thing. The moans get closer together. And eventually it goes into a... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. And then something something slammed into my window. And I jumped out of bed and I was so scared. It, it's literally the only thing that happened in that five-year period. Me really felt evil. And I was so scared and I ran into the living room and I sat in my dad's recliner until it got daylight. And then I got dressed for school and I went outside to check to see what could have been out there. Mm-hmm. And there was no sign of anything out there. Nothing that could have been making the tapping, nothing that... You know, and the wind was fine. There was no, you know, weather was great. Mm-hmm. I have no clue to this day what it was, but that's that's probably the scaredest I've ever been uh, for something like that. Yeah, that would put, yeah, that'd put a damper on my morning. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> Suddenly the football game didn't mean that much anymore. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Suddenly you're like, I don't know about this. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't like tapping on the windows. I don't like that. Yeah, that freaks me out. Mm-mm. How about you, Tracy? Well, really, the only one that comes to to my mind is when we went to Waverly and we were doing the tour. I don't know. We're honestly, if this was the first or second time. We've we've been quite a few times, but we were all kind of standing up there and listening to the tour guide and just all kind of standing there. And my <laughs> my sister in law was actually standing over by this door, and this door is freaking. It's like heavy. It's like a heavy door. Like you literally take all you have to push it over. Yeah, like a metal door. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And we were all just standing there and uh, it was kind of quiet at the minute. And then all of a sudden that door slammed shut. Uh. There was nobody. I mean, his sister took off running like I've never seen her run before. It just scared the bejesus out of all of us because we're like, there was nobody there. Nobody Mm -hmm. on the other side. There was nobody around it. And it just did that. And it's like I said, it's a heavy door. And that the tour guide said, you know, that does happen from time to time. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> because there had to be some kind of a big old force to, to make that door. Sh- and I mean, it did it hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah. so, yeah. And then after that, we kind of, I kind of, you know, got to see all the shadow people, which that really freaks with your mind yeah and especially after you've been scared like that but yeah but that's probably the scariest time for me um when you know but we when we went to whispering hills i mean that was scary but i think i was just more whispering in- hills that's a what i say you said whispering hills it's whispers <laughs> oh whisper state whispering hills was a nightclub that we used to have in town. oh sorry my mind's drifted i guess that, that could have been scary, too, though. Back oh, in the uh, yeah, 90s. it could have been. <laughs> Most nightclubs I mean, can you know, be. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, I mean, things like that were scary, but I was more intrigued than anything. I was just like, oh, my gosh. I was more excited, too, because, like, I can't believe all this is happening. Yeah. And they had one of those uh, things. I don't know what they call them, Jerry. The things where you can see that, like, stick figure. What's that thing called? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, what I said it earlier, SLR camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was so funny because the lady was holding it and then uh, people were kind of putting their phones up to record what was happening. And there was like this stick figure and he was just like all over me, like dancing and in front of me and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) But that was fun. But, you know, we've had a lot of good times. I'll tell you another funny thing uh, real quick. We went to uh, Rhodes Hotel. Oh. Uh, up in uh, Atlanta, Indiana, uh-huh. and and uh, they were using that same device, and they went into the bathroom, and the toilet was right there, and this stick figure was literally bent as if it was sitting on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, like he mysteriously going to the bathroom. That is awesome. <laughs> I know. So, I was like, whoa. 
Yeah, we all thought uh, that was funny. Yeah, we was all like peeking in on him and everything. He's like, dude, man, you know, I'm trying to take a dump in here or something. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all up in my business. Well, you know, what really creeps me out is if you were staying there in that same room and you had to use the bathroom. Are they sitting in your lap? Well, that's scary. <laughs> See, now that would that would be me. I'd be like, I I can't I can't go in this hotel. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It, it was we've had a lot of fun and a lot of interesting things. So, <laughs> so it's been pretty fun. So, what's you guys' dream place to go to to do research? Mm. Oh yeah, there's mm. so many, mm, so yes. so many. So yeah, I'll, I'll name I'll name some uh, because I can't narrow it down to one. Winchester Mystery House is one. Oh yeah. The the Stanley Hotel, the Queen Mary, those three are all on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Velis the Velisca Axe Murder House is on my list, and those are that's just here in the United States. Um, you can start getting overseas. I'd like to go to the Hellfire Club in Ireland. I would like to go uh, to the Tower of London. And uh, man, there's just, we don't even get started on the castles over there. Ancient Ram Inn would probably be my number one place in um, the United Kingdom to go to. Oh, I bet. Yeah. That would be awesome. But yeah, I've got tons of places that, have, that I'll never make it to every place I want to go. Yeah, there's just so many, especially in the British Isles. Yes. Definitely. How about you, Tracy? Where are some of your dream places to go and investigate? Honestly, it would be the same place he goes because I have to have a ride. So, you know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) No, those are really all really cool places I would love to see one day for sure. Yeah. We've, uh, you know, I've just... Honestly, we've had so many blessings being able to go in and investigate and just see all these really cool places. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if I didn't see one more, I just feel like I've already been blessed and just very fortunate to see all this stuff. So, And there's so many people like in the paranormal community and even in the podcasting community, they're just very, very supportive and friendly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah we've, and they, we've had a lot of positive experiences. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have too. It's it's like one of those things every time I meet someone, I get really excited because everybody has like unique stories. They all want to help. Mm-hmm. It's just super cool. Like people just and, don't and get to, it. Yeah, I love it. To make it clear just for your listeners out there, we are not investigators. You know, we get we get the privilege of going to some of these places. But it's because we go along, like when we went to Whisper State, it's, mm-hmm. we went along with some friends from the uh, uh, paranormal, paranormal crew from the 502, a Louisville ghost hunting group, mm-hmm. that invited us to go because they knew we wanted to go. And that's usually what we do. We tag along and, and we, you know, we might use an instrument or two, but that's not our area of expertise at all. We're used to just telling the stories. But if somebody's going to invite us along, you know, when we went to the Sally house, right. you know, there was a group there that was paranormal investigating. But we were just going to spend the night because it was part of an event that we set up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got the, the honor to be able to, to, you know, have six of us spend the night, you know, but we didn't investigate that night. There were people there earlier investigating, but nobody was investigating while you know, we spent the night. It was just something cool to do. And, and you know, so we're not good at, at uh, paranormal investigating, but but we sure as heck will sit and watch somebody else do it. And, and, <laughs> yep. <you know. laughs> well, hmm. I think it's I think it's really cool, though, that you go and you experience all this stuff. And then I love your podcast. How did you just think about telling stories and stuff on your podcast and the way you do it is just so entertaining? Well, thank you for that. And and a lot of it is just strictly by accident because, like Tracy said, you know, when this show started, well, first let me give a little backstory. I was a stand-up comedian for, well, 15 years. And I wanted to get out of comedy just because I got tired of the rat race. There's a lot of mm-hmm. behind-the-scenes stuff that nobody ever knows, like getting your shows set up. And, you know, the, 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 the Kevin Hart's of the world Everybody thinks about that, and all they just show up at a stadium. It's not like that when you're at your, your comics that come to your regular comedy clubs. 
most of them have to, you know, they don't, they don't have shows set up every weekend. You know, they got to, you know, bite and claw to get every show they've got set up and you're competing against every other comedian trying to set shows up. And it, it's a big rat race. And I wanted to get out of that part of it. And I love the performing part, but just hated everything else that went with it. And I just, you know, decided I'd like to be able to do something else to be creative and get in front of people. And uh, so every time I every time I got out of comedy, I'd always get sucked back in a couple months later because I missed it. Right, and yeah. uh, I started listening to podcasts, and I'm like, hey, I think I might be able to do that. And I talked to my buddy Ricky, and I said, hey, we talk about paranormal all the time, and he was funny. And I thought, you know what? And my my comedy that I did was adult comedy, so it definitely <laughs> wasn't Disney type stuff. So I thought, you know, hey, here's my vision. Let's do this show, me and you, and we'll just have fun with it. Right. And uh, Diane Student from History Goes Bump had listened to the first six, seven episodes we did. And she said, she said it reminded her of two guys talking in a bar, which is mm-hmm. probably a perfect example. And they were only like 20 minute episodes because I figured nobody else wanted to hear, you know, more than 20 minutes in today's busy world. Of course, we're looking at six and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so Ricky and I started, but Ricky, um, Ricky was one of these people that once he got a microphone to his face, he kind of clammed up a little bit and he wouldn't as relaxed and free as he was. So you, there's a few glimpses throughout the episodes where he kind of broke free and it was like, hey, this is kind of what I thought. But most of the time, it was very, on both ends, kind of awkward. It just didn't seem like, it didn't work like we wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And then when Tracy came in and did her part, you know, it was like, hey, you know, this... This her not knowing the story and just reacting actually worked out really well because the questions she was asking were what most of the people listening were thinking. So it's like, you know, and that worked. So, you know, Ricky came back for a couple of episodes and then said, hey, it's better if you just do it with her. And then when we started on episode uh, 12, Tracy was the full time host. And from that point on, she's never known the story that I was going to tell. And then that just, I just get a genuine blind reaction from her. And that's been the secret to our success, I think. Well, that's actually pretty funny because I was wondering about that the other night when I was listening. I'm like, I wonder if she knows these stories ahead of time. That answers my next question. <laughs> no, she, she has no clue. Wow. So when you do, when you choose your stories, obviously, what are some of the funnest stories you think that you've ever done on your podcast that is funnest well see everybody has a different version of fun uh so like it sounds bad to say oh we covered this one that had a killing and some cannibalistic ritual and some haunting (laughs) as fun but you know here's here's my thing we love to do live events where we do a show in person Mm -hmm. and The shows that have a really cool history and then a ton of hauntings and it's not the same old, same old, oh, it's footsteps and voices. You know, the stuff that's different, those, those are the stories that I really like the best. Um, So, like, I really love the Bell Witch story. Uh That's probably my, my favorite ghost story of all time because it has a little bit of everything right um i i love the greenbrier witch story Mm -hmm. which that's the that's the incidents in the incident in uh the 1800s in the greenbrier uh west virginia that was the only case in u.s history where a ghost testimony actually convicted somebody of murder that was a, a very cool story uh, the Waukesha Wander up in Illinois was a cool story. That was uh, a story of a young lady that, you know, it's almost like she had to be reincarnated or uh, or something because the story was just so wild. You know, those kind of stories are the ones that I really like the most. Um, but I also love anything that has to do with the most fun or the ones that have to do with music. I love, like, when we do rock and roll in the occult and mm-hmm. talk about, you know, the true meaning of, of, you know, the Eagles Hotel California, or we talk about the Zeppelin curse. Those mm. are the ones that I really enjoy the most. Interesting. Wow. 
How many of those have you done on the rock and roll? Well, I think we did the first two shows Tracy was a part of were both rock and roll new cult. Um, and then we did a third one where Ricky actually sat in with us. And then I've scattered them. What I found out, I don't know, this sounds crazy, but some people just don't like the music episodes. And when we did a rock and roll in the occult full episode, our listens actually went down a little bit. But at the same time, we have more people say, I love the rock and roll episodes than we do anybody. So the people who like it really like it. Right. And then the people who who don't like it really don't like it. Uh, So I started mixing them. Uh, where, where I would do instead of a whole episode, I like we did one episode where we talked about Elvis and mm-hmm. some uh, some thoughts that he might have been involved in the occult and this and that. And we covered that. But we also added uh, another couple of stories that had nothing to do with music on the episode. So it's like, OK, we'll give we'll give the people who want don't want music. We'll give you some of this. And the people who do want it, will give it that. So right. we've probably had six six or seven episodes that involved some type of music um, and the occult or possibilities. So, but three that were full and then three or four that are kind of mixed in with other stuff. Wow. That's, I, I like the music ones myself. I like that stuff. Yeah, I do too. I think it's fun. Extremely fun. So I could do, I could do music stuff all day, even if it had nothing to do with it. <laughs> even if it was just because, like, we covered we covered an episode. The uh, uh, I covered an episode of I called it musical misfortunes, and it was my my thought to start a separate podcast of nothing but bad luck stories from music. And the first one we covered was Super Badfinger, and I never did another one, so I just released it on Hillbilly Horror Stories. But with a lot of people like that, and. Um, you know, I've got four or five others I'd like to do. I just can't seem to find the time to do it. And now we do that, uh, the Saturday episode, uh, uh, Macabre Misfortunes, where it's just things that involve <laughs> untimely death or something like that. And we were able to cover the death of Sam, Sam Cook, which is one that I would have covered uh, in the other thing. But we got to do it more of a conversational style than a, uh, you know, just a scripted recorded with, with music behind it. And uh, we got to cover that, and and uh, we had a blast with it. It actually fit with what we were doing because it was a mysterious death, and right. who done it, and did this really happen, and why did it happen? And so that actually worked for that episode. And uh, if I can find some more music um, things to throw in there, we probably will. That's interesting. Now, do you ever do cryptids? You've done cryptids before. We we do. I'm not a huge cryptid fan, but yeah, we've co- covered the. Uh, uh, was the creature of Boggy Creek? We mm-hmm. covered the Beast Bray, Bray Road, uh, the Missouri Monster Momo, and uh, you know some of the, some of the other stuff like that. We we've done probably, I would say probably ten to fifteen episodes on cryptids. We've probably done five episodes on UFOs, mm-hmm. uh, but the, and you know we do some some just un unknown. Um, answers to things that you know like the uh uh the hikers that that you know were found uh, over in russia and, oh uh, yeah completely drew a blanket what that's called uh it was back yeah, we, in the 30s or something a, yeah i think it was actually i was thinking it was in the 70s was it but, the 70s or i might be thinking me uh, yeah, I just completely drew a blank with that. It starts with a D. Uh, I keep wanting to say Dante's Peak, but that was that bad TV show. That's not what <laughs> yeah, where they like ripped themselves out of the tent and they were found in different right. places. That's just spooky. Right. That just creeps me out. But yeah, so we, we you know, we covered some stuff like that that's just, you know, or like I said, the Waukesha Wanderer, that, that's when it's along that lines of, you know, what the hell happened? But you know, uh-huh. I love a good ghost story. I love a good poltergeist story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you've written a book, haven't you? I've written a book, and it's a, it's mainly just a more autobiographical. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was, it was easy to write. I don't consider myself to be an author by any way, shape, or form. Uh, but I was able to write that. We've had people asking us to write a book for years. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I just didn't want to rehash a bunch of stories that we've already covered. Oh, you know, that yeah. just you know, why 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 you know, let real let real authors do that. They'll put, do a better job than that. But I felt like that I had a, I had stories of me growing up in a haunted house and then uh, the book's actually in three separate parts. It's one book, but the first part is the stories of me growing up in a haunted house and, and the things that took place in that five years. And then uh, the second part is talks about um, my going through a divorce and my bouts with depression and a failed suicide attempt Ooh. and how how I was able to deal with that and get past it. And then the third part is how we started Hillbilly Horror Stories and how we use Hillbilly Horror Stories to help people that are dealing with some mental issues or depression or other types of mental illness. Right. And, you know, so the, the books in three different parts, they all tie together. Interesting. And they can get that on your website and Amazon, correct? They can get a personally signed copy on our, on our website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com, or they can go to Amazon and pick it up. It's 15 bucks and... I list it as more of a self-help book than a um, than a paranormal book, but there's a little something for everybody. Right. It's gotten 80, 84 reviews so far, and eighty three, the eighty four are five stars. Oh, that's awesome! And the other one's a one star. Oh well, <laughs> you know, there's always one. But, well, it was it was the very first one. The very first review I got was a one star because the guy who bought it didn't read the description and he thought the whole book was going to be on Southern Gothic ghost stories. And he says that in his review, he <laughs> thought it was going to be that. And that's not what it was, but oh that's well. funny. He just didn't read the caption. Did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. But I, I would, I would say if you, if you know somebody that's struggling, if you know somebody that wants hope and they just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, this is a good book for them because mm-hmm. I, I tried to put myself out there. You got to realize that most of uh, most of my, our listeners didn't know me before the show, so mm-hmm. all they see is a person that's always trying to help out on mental health and thanks to military and the civil servants, and sure. that you know has a heart and is always trying to do something nice for somebody. But that wasn't always me, and. I, I felt like that I kind of was going out on a limb by saying, look, you're going to talk about stuff in this book that you weren't always a great person and you wouldn't a great husband and you mm-hmm. wouldn't a great father. And you've done a bunch of stuff that you shouldn't have done. And you run the risk of people saying, oh, well, I don't like this guy now. Mm-hmm. But I felt that it was important for people to say, look, you like me and you like what I stand for. And look, I wasn't always like that, but I. I transformed myself, which means you can too. That was the purpose of the book. Right. And, you know, and, and I know not everybody can afford to spend $15 on a book. So, uh, you know, I've got the, uh, the e-books out there for like three bucks. So you can do that. But I also read the book um, a couple of chapters at a time uh, over a, about a eight or nine week period on the show. So those episodes are still up so somebody can just go listen to it for free. So right. I just wanted to make sure everyone had access to it. And yeah, that's, a, that's a really interesting thing that you brought up, you know, when people have this persona of, you know, this perception of you because they hear you on your podcast. But I think like the paranormal and the spiritual world, um, they collide quite a bit and you grow as a person. I agree with that. So, I mean, what you did 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, a person can change and grow. That's why we're here, I I believe, is to grow. And I think these books are essential for people when they're going through a hard time and they feel like they've messed up their life. These books are inspirational. I agree. And, you know, I, I talk to quite a few people who have written books in the paranormal and the spiritual world. And that's their one thing they always say is that, Oh, I, I made these mistakes and they were painful and I went through depression and that was painful. And I think like spiritual growth is difficult. You know? It definitely can be. But I think that's an awesome, I think 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think I am going to actually order that book this week because I didn't even realize, you know, I think it sounds like a great book personally or books. Yeah, it's and it's a short read. I mean, it's literally most people that I know said that they were able to read it in a, in a couple of days. So. Mm-hmm. So you guys were telling me you guys have a cruise every year. Well, we had we had our first one this past September and we tried to we try to we're going to try to do one every other year because um, we can set them up in 18 months ahead of time, which gives people plenty of time to actually set it up and make payments. Uh, the average cost on this last one, it was a four day cruise to the Bahamas and the average cost was about eleven hundred dollars for two people. Mm-hmm. So if you set that up over 18 months. You can, or if you even get a little late to the party and it's a year, you can usually get a hundred bucks a month and have it paid for by the time it's time for the cruise. And it makes it uh, easy for people to plan when it's 18 months out. So that's what we'll release the new date this December, because that's when Royal Caribbean will actually have their dates for July 2024, which will be the date for that one. And we did it in July this time, or we're going to, because Mm -hmm. we had so many people show up we had over 100 people that ended up on the cruise this last time we had 200 200 people signed up but for various reasons we lost a uh, 100 of them mm-hmm. and we had a lot of people saying man i wish i could have brought my kids but it was september and school was back in so mm-hmm. we're scheduling this one in july so people can actually bring their kids if they want that's fun hmm. but this one will be leaving out of galveston and going to mm-hmm. cozumel mexico mm-hmm. that sounds like a good time yeah, it'll be fun. And so we we love doing stuff with our with our listeners. So, you know, mm-hmm. like we do five or six live events, uh, sometimes a little more than that, but we do five or six live events all over the country that we're getting ready to do this coming year. We're doing one in Detroit. We're doing one in Buffalo, doing one in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We're doing one uh, probably in the Cincinnati area, but we're also doing one in New New Orleans in October. Mm-hmm. So I love New Orleans and I love Cincinnati. So it's all it's all gonna be good fun and and uh, look we team up with two or three other podcasts whenever we do those shows and sure. Um it just makes it fun for everybody. And we keep tickets fair. You know, and I'm not knocking the big guys, but there's there's some podcasters out there that charge 40, 50, 60 bucks a ticket, and then they have VIP tickets for 100, 200 meet and greet. Our tickets are never more than 30 bucks. You usually get three podcasts. And on top of that, every ticket's a VIP. You get full access to any of the podcasters that are there the whole time they're there. And they're usually four hour events. Yeah. So that's that's just the only way we're going to do it. We, we're not doing it to make money. We rarely make money on these live <laughs> events. By the time we put the money three ways and we figure the travel and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, we, we rarely make money. But, you know, we get a free vacation out of it usually. Right. So, you know, we, we usually break <laughs> even. But if we can break even and have a fun two or three days and, and get to uh, uh, spend some time with our listeners, hey, we're we're all for it. That's awesome that you do that. I love that. That's like really very cool. And when you do that, let me know and I'll I'll put it on my social media stuff. I will let you know. We've got some of them already set up. Like I said, Detroit set up Mm -hmm. uh, and tickets are for sale for Detroit. Tickets are for sale for Pigeon Forge and uh, Louisville. We got that one. I forgot to mention that one. Mm -hmm. And Buffalo. Tickets are for sale for all four of those right now on our website. That's awesome. Let me know when you come to Cincinnati because I'm in Cincinnati off and on quite a bit. I will do that. That one's actually one that just started. We were at a CryptidCon for the uh, Paranormal Conference uh-huh. and Cryptid Conference this past weekend. And we actually kind of got the ball rolling on that with another podcast called Cryptids of the Corn. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're up in that, in that area. And then uh, the, the guys from Ohio, I haven't told them about it yet, but they're in Dayton. And uh, they would probably run over, so that would probably be us three, and that's three pretty good sized podcasts, and it'd probably be thirty bucks a ticket, and you yeah, know, four hour event know. with with three podcasts. You know, you can't beat that. Yeah, I go down there. My best friend lives down there, and they own a wine stop, a wine shop. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. So yeah, definitely let me know because you know Cincinnati so. is very doable. 
So what's, you have a cruise, you have lectures and podcast meetups. What is, what else is going on with you guys? Anything up and coming? Um, um We, we kind of just wrapped up the last thing for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind we kind of, we do so much from April till November mm. that we just, we just kind of don't do anything during the holidays and take it easy. I don't uh, so 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 the only thing we've really got coming up is uh we have a book signing at uh a place called uh, Butcher Cabin Books in Louisville, Kentucky mm. on December 10th. And it's a it's a all horror bookstore. That's so, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so oh we we've God. got that and then, then then that's it until April and that's when the live stuff starts up again and uh We'll start doing that's when our Louisville show is, is in April. That's awesome, guys. If somebody wants to listen on your your podcast, where do they find you? Anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We're on every major platform from, you know, Apple Podcasts, obviously, mm-hmm. Google, uh, Spotify, iTunes, you know, you name it, we're out, we're out there. And how do people get a hold of you Jerry and Tracy. Well, they can go to our website and uh, send us an email from there, uh, or just hillbilly horror stories at gmail dot com. They can send us. You know, we're always looking for stories, so mm-hmm. we do some episodes where we do listener stories. So anybody who has a story and would like it read on the air, please send us stories, and we will read it and keep you anonymous if you'd like, or we'll give your first name, and you can be, you know. You can be DD in Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. And I will also advertise that on social media for you guys. So you guys can get some really cool stories and then I can listen to them and enjoy it. Absolutely. It's been such a pleasure talking to you, Jerry and Tracy, and I hope our paths cross very soon. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I hope to meet you in Cincinnati. Please let me know when that happens. I would love that. We will will make that happen. It's probably going to be in May. Wonderful. You guys have a phenomenal holiday, and thank you for coming on Twilight Tonic. Thank you. You too, Lynn. We appreciate it. Anytime. Bye-bye, guys. Bye.